0: Hi, Joe. Hey, John. welcome back. Good to be. Back. Welcome back to the show.
1: We're <laughs> live. Yes. Yeah, we're
0: live. Locked on. We're welcome
1: to Dreamforce. Yeah. So, tell us what do you have planned this week? Uh, lots of stuff. So, see tomorrow, uh, I'm speaking. I'm doing a presentation on uh, strategies for training Salesforce end users. Uh, they've got me in one of the Metreon theaters, Theater Seven, and then I repeat that session on Friday. And Thursday, I'll be here in the admin zone where we're doing the podcast. I'll be here from eight to two, just helping out in different locations. or uh, working with customers. Nice. You guys are podcasting multiple times this week, am I correct? Yeah, we are. Every day this week. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to it, it's, it's gonna be a fun time. So I'm curious, Jeremy's first yeah. force initial impressions. I think yes. we all are.
0: That, that's what we're all waiting for is his impressions. <laughs>
1: Every day, every day there will be a segment
0: called Jeremy's Impressions of Dreamforce. Is is there such thing as a three hundred ring circus?
1: You're in it. Yeah, <laughs> You're in exactly. It. <laughs> so this is
2: it, and that's that's really what it feels like. I mean, it's you know, it's it's giant. It's spread across, but like I don't know, ten city blocks, maybe if you include the kind yeah. of the satellite locations. Um, lot of people, A lot of sessions. It's
1: it's organized it's, chaos. It's putting it nicely yeah but i mean logistics wise it's impressive it's yeah it's unbelievable from the the people on the corners helping you find out where you need to go to the security it's it's impressive there's a lot of logistics behind this
2: yeah i I would never want to be in charge of having to pull this off Um, i'm curious so that's
0: your impressions at just a lot of people i mean it is first day um, we we got in on Sunday, so we we got to do some stuff yesterday.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think so. So far, just it's you know the the sheer number of people that you that you're you know you see on the streets and that are you know trying to get Ubers and you know it's and it, we're at, you know we're in one giant building of many giant buildings that are part of this complex. Yep. That are involved. So it's I'm trying to imagine you know if you somehow could add all those up, what that would look like, and it's you know what is. Supposedly, 150,000 registered. registered. I don't know what that means. I mean, other than there's 150,000 people that have registered. You know, so you got to imagine at least 100,000 are showing up, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, this, this summer I was in San Francisco and I went down Howard Street where there was no Dreamforce set up and it was almost unrecognizable. Like, oh, so this is what San Francisco looks like <laughs> when Dreamforce is not going on. It was really wild. Yeah. Because you always, you always expect that experience when you're in this part of town.
2: Yeah, I think this is the the time of year when the locals around here they they that's when they plan to leave town. Because <laughs> if, if you're not here for this conference, then you really don't want to be here.
1: No, we were experiencing the uh, Uber surge charges last night. Oh yeah, trying yeah. to get a cab or get a ride to dinner. I think they're going to be in and surge the, the, all the, week. The street closures and things
0: that made it difficult. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Shell, traveling with you is interesting because uh, you're a bit of a rock star, and every time we walk down a street you recognize someone
1: (laughs) or someone recognizes you. Well, after being in the community and kind of plugged in, um, pretty hardcore for the last four or five years, just participating in the community and, of course, being an MVP for the last three years, almost four years, uh, you get in touch and that's probably one of the biggest benefits in John as a new MVP. You you really start to uh, Probably one of the biggest benefits of the MVP program are the relationships. Right. Yeah. So these people that you've always admired on Twitter or, or whatever it is, or on the, on the answers community. Are you talking about
2: John's uh, secret
1: admirers, or what are we talking about here? Well, you just you just start building these relationships <laughs> with people, and you're you're you know, the MVP summer, or whatever it might be, you, you get to spend hours in sessions or working kind of shoulder to shoulder with these other individuals, and so your your network of people just kind of grows. Yeah. And so it is kind of weird, just.
0: <laughs>
2: I, sidewalk, I'm just piggybacking on John's networking. I'm like,
1: I'm, I'm yeah. piggybacking off of
0: him. <laughs> I like introduce me to as many people as you can.
2: Yeah. I, I'm the guy standing behind John, going,
0: "Hi,
1: hi, huh, I'm Jeremy." Well, introduced to uh, Shannon Hale. Yeah, we got to meet her. I was, I was excited. Who recently went over to Squid from yeah. Salesforce? Squid, uh, Squid. What is Squid? We don't ever talk about Squid. S- I thought that was the unofficial sponsor. Sponsor. <laughs> just kidding. But
2: they're our honorary uh, honorary sponsor. Oh,
1: the, the, uh, the honorary not paying sponsor <laughs> yes <yeah>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we're a non we're a non-profit
1: uh, podcast <laughs> <laughs> <Not for profit. laughs> very non-profit <laughs> we're, we're in the red <laughs> yeah <laughs> but those are the type of things like you know you guys were doing your intro with button click admin and I ran into a, a customer of mine um, that John has met as well and know, um, yeah, those are the great things you, you experience at Dreamforce, and I think a lot of people forget to spend time in their agenda to have time to network and talk yeah. to people because yeah. those are the, this is the only face time you can get with a lot of these people is at Dreamforce. I mean, yeah. we were talking about Simon Fell um, right. over a beer yesterday about trying to find the folks that you've always admired in the Salesforce community that you'd love to say hi or thank you or you know, get meet face to face, and that Dreamforce is those exceptional opportunities to make those connections.
0: Right. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the sessions are great and everything, but where else are you going to get to meet all the people from around the con- around the world um, that, are, that are involved in the community?
2: Right. I mean, I always enjoy the hallway conversations, usually more than anything else at yeah. conferences.
1: <coughs> Pro tip, don't well, overbook your agenda.
2: Exactly. And, and think about these conferences uh, like the un-conference or the, um, uh, what's the uh, open space conference idea, which is these conferences, they're they're focused or, or they're structured around the idea of hallway conversation so instead of having you know sessions with all these eyes forward you know meetings uh, that are run by a person or two um, you know you get to the conference and there's like you know a, a huge uh, like butcher paper or what's it, whatever mm-hmm. it's called cheerleader paper on the on the on the board in the grid and people just start posting post-it notes of topics that they want to talk about and so there's you know maybe a, a Columns for rooms and you know rows for time slots, and so you know people just you know, up there moving post-it notes around, and the and the group decides what they're going to talk about and when.
1: Kind of and birds kind of, of a feather type of. I, I guess so. Yeah, kind
2: yeah. of. And then so the people that you know wanted to go talk about X Y Z, they go to that thing, and, and people just sit around in a circle, and, and and all talk to each other, and it usually works out pretty well. Sometimes you get someone who's a, a little bit of a, a, a lecturer, dominant. Be <laughs> <laughs> sit down. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, I mean, and, and it's it's kind of just the idea of, of taking the hallway conversations, which not only are when you're doing your networking and, or catching up with people, but that's when you, I think you can learn a lot too, and, and just making that official. So that, yeah, it's, I think the idea of, at a conference like this, balancing sessions with um, just hallway time yeah. is, uh, is yeah. kind of nice. It's
1: kind of net-net, Dreamforce is about learning, right? So, you know, from other people, and that's one of the things I've really enjoyed about the community is, I've have stolen shamelessly from the community. I'm trying to figure out how to solve different things, and you know, part of being in the community is just kind of giving back. But uh, you know, hopefully, Dreamforce is here for you to learn something, and not just a trip to San Francisco.
2: Yeah, I mean, you almost get like an open source vibe. I mean, there's yeah. you, like like you said, you've you know, shamelessly stolen or whatever. But you know, people put put this you know information out there, and, and they're are helpful. So uh, you know, you you take what what is useful for you, and then when you know when you come up with you know little tricks or solutions or whatever you share them back and exactly um kind of rising tide raises all ships right yeah so i had i had um like a list of what i was predicting as like themes of dreamforce or not not really specific predictions but it turns out like i guess you know i probably at midnight this this morning or eight o'clock this morning i think the the embargo and all the press releases was lifted and there's like this you know (laughs) flutter of all these of, of everyone's articles that you could tell they wrote a week ago
1: IOT cloud yeah, yeah. so
2: you know there go, there go all my predictions but I thought we could go through them anyway
0: let's do it let's do it
2: so the biggest one and I've been uh, you know I, I've been seeing this coming for I would say almost a year so Mark Benioff had started talk. you'd hear him drop this term um, systems of intelligence and he would say it like just in the middle of a sentence you know in a, in a, in a list of, of items and I'm like well, where does this coming from systems of intelligence he, you know, he's just—that's out of nowhere. He just started talking about that. Well, then, when was it? I'm guessing six months ago, Salesforce acquires Relate IQ. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a year ago, the Wave announcement, which mm-hmm. is obviously around a theme of intelligence. Um, and I, today, I think they, as you know, with the embargo lifted now, um, they've announced a couple things around Relate IQ. So there's, they've, I guess, rebranded something Salesforce IQ. So.
0: So, so you, relate IQ is now Salesforce IQ. I, I is guess that?
2: so, and and it sounds like there's two different versions of this product. There's one that's I think very similar to the this existing standalone one that they had, right? And then there's a version that you can buy as a, like an add-on to the sales cloud, hmm. if you're a sales cloud user.
1: We'll probably get some clarity on that in the keynotes.
2: Yeah, yeah. But I th- I think I think just in general this thread of intelligence whether it's you know the relate IQ type functionality or whether it's analytics or, or even you know internet of things it's all you're going to hear the word intelligence you know about 10,000 times this week I think that's, that's definitely one of the big themes yeah
1: how to process all that data
2: yeah how to, how to track and stalk your, your customers it's creepy yeah that's just what I want: is a sensor in my toothbrush, and a sensor in my car, and a sensor in my bathroom, and on my toilet paper roll. You know, hey, you're out. I'm just afraid I'm going to start getting emails. It's like, Jeremy, you're not supposed to use
0: more than four squares at a time. <laughs> you, you say that jokingly, I'm but those things do penalty. exist.
1: <laughs> All of those things you mentioned do exist. <laughs> well, they had the just internet of cloud announcement hit the hit the press today, and they were they were talking about insurance companies looking at you know bumper impacts and stuff like that. So, I mean. Well, yeah. Looking at the data, your I mean, car's due for service. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Well, and, and, and the insurance companies love it because they, they're gaining intelligence on your risk profile. And, and there's already companies, insurance companies, that, are get, that will give you a discount if, if you will put their GPS in your car.
0: Yeah, they just got this little little key fob token looking thing. You plug it in. It's, at, it's hooked into your, cause your, your car's computer. And so it's tracking all the data, your speed, all that kind of stuff. And
2: But look, do you have an Apple Watch, shell? I do not. You do not. So John and I are both wearing Apple Watches, which is constantly you know, tracking bio, biometric data on us. At one point, is my insurance company going to, my health insurance company, you know, going to give me a discount for giving them a feed of, of how healthy I am. How many, st- you know, Jeremy, you, you, you're, you're averaging less than 10,000 steps a day. We're going to have to, you know, raise your premium.
1: <laughs> They're just going to look at your uh, untapped account and, oh, it, and know, then I'm, fire I'm you. Sc- yeah, That one, I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> Cancel this guy. <laughs> yeah.
1: Don't talk about yeah, the untapped.
2: <laughs> um, but yeah, just you know, the intelligence, Internet of Things, um, the idea that you know whether it's you know devices or social media. I mean, or you know, click logs. I mean, everything's just throwing off tons and tons of data. And the, and and currently, you have to have a fairly sophisticated, I guess, IT organization in order to deal with that volume of data and, and, and do something, you know, you have to ingest it. Right. When sometimes we're talking about, uh, in extreme cases, you know, gigabytes of data per, per second, right? So how do, you, how do you do something with, how do you ingest that amount of data? How do you organize it? A lot of it's unstructured data. Um, and, and so that, that actually leads into one of uh, the other announcements that I saw this morning, which is um, their, the, the Thunder Cloud.
0: Bring in the thunder. The
2: thunder. I mean, it's literally called the thundercloud, I think. We, that's, I, I missed our.
0: I missed our clipboard, man. That was a good opportunity for some of the sound. Oh, soundboard. Yeah. yeah.
2: I know. But yeah, so that's the Internet of Things solution. So, um, and it looks fairly interesting, um, just from a from a tech aspect. Um, they announced some of the stuff they're doing under the hood, similar what they did with Wave, and I was like, this is cool. So you know, there, you know, you'll see things like Kafka and Hadoop and and all these you know, high you know heavy hitting tools.
1: You know, technology's that, lifted from like LinkedIn and Twitter and other big social media companies are right. using that kind of Facebook, technology. Right. Facebook, you know, yeah.
2: Cassandra, um, you know, just these these systems that are designed to deal with, you know, very large, you know, volumes and streams of data. And when you're when when you're talking about in you know, Internet of Things, it's it's all about I mean, the data just doesn't stop. It's it's how do you deal with these str- this massive stream of data. Yeah. And for customers, you know, for companies that have that problem or are looking to figure out how they can start learning from that type of intelligence or, or gathering that kind of data. It'll be interesting to see what Salesforce can do, and I'm gonna use this term, even though I hate it, to democratize <laughs> this technology. Because right now, it's really limited to companies that are very advanced and have the tools yeah. that, you know, to, to deploy these, these, these technologies. And I think, I think Salesforce's angle on it is this is gonna be, hey, we got you covered. Like, you know, we built a solution that's got all these advanced tools, you know, the Hadoops and the Kafkas and the Cassandras and the Mongos or whatever, right? We've, you know, we can deploy it in a Heroku private space for you. I'm, I'm just guessing, I don't know, right? So it's your, it's all your, literally your virtual private space that's not part of the public internet, right? Because we're talking about streams of data. And this is the other challenge with the internet of things, security. Yeah. You're, you're, I mean, this potentially it's a lot of, you know, personal information, right? And so security is a, is it's, it's all, it's a, it's, I actually, I have, that's another prediction I have, and I don't know when this would happen. But at some point, there's going to be some terrible security, you know, bust with internet with with the Internet of Things, right? With this data, and we're going to get you know congressional hearings and, and legislation, and and so that's that'll be interesting to hear what Salesforce's story is on security around around Internet of Things. But but back to the pop in the stack here, you know, they're going to put together the solution and and basically make it, you know, so simple that a system administrator can deploy the Thundercloud.
1: You know, I I think that data, and I've worked with folks that were good with SaaS, which is all about analyzing data and looking for trends, and what are the attributes that, so I, I guess I worry about, do most people have that skill set to make sense of the data? The fact that you can look at it maybe and get sentiment and things like that, but you know, I think of, and I guess if we have, I have some background with financial services, you know, risk management and looking at portfolios of, of financial accounts and who's likely to default on a loan or whatever it is. It, it, it's just not being able to harness the data. You've got to have the skill set to get the right conclusion of that data. Right. And, and, and you, can, you can make data say anything you want, kind of, unless you really right. understand, you know, how that's telling a story. I think there's a whole other skill set. It's great that you can make maybe the data more accessible, but right. it doesn't replace the need for people to understand how to interpret the data. I guess that's where I'm going.
0: Totally agree. And know, that's- we've, we've talked about that repeatedly. Right. I mean, the fact that, I mean, the tooling we have today and most of what everyone's doing reporting-wise is, is looking at the, either the present case of the data or, or the, attempting to look at the history of the data and derive some trends. But, I mean, all of that is just kind of making data available, but there's really nothing happening to forecast or do any kind of predictive analysis on it. And and to me that's a big gap of wave right now is that there there is no predictive analysis tools within it. It, It's largely a visual presentation layer of your data, and it is making it accessible. You're able to drill into it, but it's all historical and, and current day data.
2: Right. Uh, yeah, you yeah, so I, I feel like Wave is still in its data visualis- visualization stage. Uh, that's where we're at. You know, kind of advanced visualization. Okay. It can handle large <laughs> amounts of data. That's you know, that's right the, now the technology that
0: it's built on is is the right technology. Right, it it right. runs really great.
2: But I mean, I think Shell's point is good. I mean, it, visualization is one thing, but you know, inferential statistics and data science and predictive predictive analysis and, and this this gets into fairly advanced.
1: Why people Areas, have math degrees you know
2: really hairy formulas right there's and career
0: paths there's data scientist career paths i mean absolutely. Th- this is this is an art it's an art
2: now if salesforce can solve this in a way with their thundercloud that that makes it accessible to kind of all both ends of that spectrum i mean that i think that's that's a huge win right because yeah. you know you can start out uh, you know start out easy i guess right start out on, on kind of on the simple end of things and then as you grow into it you know companies Can know that if you're ready to take that next step, and you you know you've got your data stream set up, and you know this 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 cloud is working for you, you know it it might be time to hire a data scientist or a statistician, right? Statistician, And, and really take that to the next level. If Salesforce can solve it in that way, that because uh, that's the hard part. It, it's it's not the hard part for Salesforce. I don't think it's the hard it's the hard part for organizations to solve. To you know find those right people that can that can do those things. It's
1: the cause and effect. Because yeah. you can make the wrong conclusion of what the cause was. You can see a exactly. result and say, well, it must have been this. Right. I mean, I forget yeah. the series, that book, the guy that talked about people. Concluding the wrong cause and effect of different things. It's, it's,
2: it's, it's one of my favorite logical fallacies, right? You know, A happens and then B happens. Therefore, A must have caused B. that's
0: Causality fallacy,
1: essentially.
0: So when is the right place for, for a company? I mean, what, what, what size, at what point do they start looking at their data and going, we need something more than just the
1: trend here? That's going to be, if you can crack that one and, and try <laughs> to figure out how to empower people to make the right conclusions, because I think a lot of people look at data and, you know, how many, how many business PowerPoint slides have you seen where someone's just presented something to make a case out of context or something else or they've made an isolation of an issue yeah. to make it a business case for a project or whatever. So it's, it's, it's going to be hard to, it's just a new tool for an old problem, I guess. But I don't know how you're going to do the predictive. we'll, we'll see. At some point, we'll probably I mean, get there. When we talk about
0: wave and everything, we talk about you know making it more accessible to people and, and you know drop the price and all that kind of stuff. But once once they do get it in their hands, who who actually needs that? Who actually can make use of all the all well, the power?
2: Well, let me go back to your previous question, which is how do you know when you need to take that step into more advanced right. analytics and statistics and things? And I think that's just you listen to the business, you listen to the questions that you know that the business and management is asking, and if they're asking for but how do we know when our customers are going to do this? Or when, how do we know when we need to upsell customers of product A to product B? Or, or how do we know when our fleet of rental cars needs you know, need their you know, brakes changed, right? Or, you know, and when you multiply these things times you know, tens of thousands of cars, you, know, you can, can deploy tools like this and, and potentially significantly change, uh, save a lot of money, right? But yeah. it's it's all about what questions are they asking of you? If they're asking those types of questions, that's a good indicator that, you know, you may need to take that next step.
1: It, it does remind me of a lot of business discussions I've had in my past where it's like, okay, so we're predicting this It's a standard deviation. What degree of certainty are, the, do we think that this is actually going to be the result if we go down this path? Well, you know, it could be anything. It could be, you know, what a price a product at to see if it'd be accepted, you know, the, the, the failure of a part or if we spend money here on marketing, what we think the result's going to be. It's just it's a little bit of a guess, but you can make more educated guesses if you put data behind it. And the people that can make sense of that data to give you a higher degree of confidence that's the right business decision is a rare skill set. I think people yeah. really underestimate that.
2: It is, but I was just thinking, you know, think of the, the Six Sigma wave that, that, yeah. that you know, blew through uh, uh, you know, 10 years ago. I mean, there's still a lot of, uh, a lot of companies still doing Six Sigma yeah. and, and they're still training people and there's a lot of Six Sigma black belts out there. This is the kind of stuff they're trained in. I mean, just basic, basic, you know, regression analyses and, um, you know, factor analysis and all these types of things, right? This is and, and those are fairly simple tools, but if you, but you have to have good data in order to, in order for those tools to be useful. Yeah. And so, I mean, the whole I thing with Six
0: Sigma of, is data collection. Yeah, absolutely, I mean, you gotta have and something to the, work with. That's actually the hard part, right? Yeah. That's
2: that's that's the part that takes the most, just you know, blood, sweat, and tears. Right. Um, but with something like this, I think I think. Companies might see that well hey if we can if we can hook our data streams up to this and now we 've got the solution where <laughs> we've got this data let's go let's uh, get a meeting with the, the Six Sigma group and get them in here and see if they can do something with this data
1: maybe the, they, maybe the value is just dealing with unstructured data, and a lot of people struggle with that to be able to you know not everybody can put it in a cube and try to figure out how to make sense of it, so maybe that's going to be the big step forward for a lot of companies it's just we have a lot of information. And all these repositories, we just can't make sense of it. Yeah, or we can't get it. We can't see the, what, the tree through the forest or whatever. We yep. can't forest through the trees, whatever. i made a mess of that. But you know, it's just getting some kind of lens and perspective on the problem because you you almost have too much data sometimes.
2: Yeah, although I, I think with with these modern solutions, I don't think too much data is a thing. It shouldn't be right.
0: It's the question: Is what do you do with it? Well, it's quality data. I mean, oh, you could have a right. lot of data, it is. It's not quality. Right. Right. And I mean, even even when you talk about these analytics tools, it's it's not just about being able to get this mass amount of data into the system. It's getting the right kind of data into the system. Right.
2: Or knowing knowing what data right. that you need to be tracking, or knowing what you're identifying. How granular
0: it needs to be, you know, those kind well, of things. Well, and a lot of
2: times you don't have a choice. Yeah. Like it is what it is. I mean, some certain device is going to throw off data as it is. I mean, it's just it's firmware, right? You're not going to change it. Um, you know, web server logs is, is another, is actually another one of the main use cases for this massive amount of data. And it's unstructured data. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's not relational, it's, um, you know, essentially a, a line in a, in a log file for every every time someone clicks something, yeah. right? And so, but you can do some pretty interesting analyses. I mean, talk about, you know, uh, understanding, you know, when people are bailing on a checkout process or, or um, think about how, how, how Amazon when you look at one product they just pretty much know that you're also interested in these other three products that's how they do that type of stuff I mean this is you yeah. know and it they you know they can sell you a lot more stuff right how many times have you bought more stuff on Amazon because they knew what to put in front of your face
1: customer like you had also looked and bought this yeah exactly <laughs> don't you want one yeah. yeah yeah which
2: also means you have to be very careful when shopping on Amazon <laughs> yes uh, there was a um, so this guy who I always like to quote, uh, Ben Keeps. He's, a, he's he's here this week, I think. Um, he's, a, I think, an independent writer, but uh, I read his article this morning on the, the Thundercloud announcement, but he had this one kind of uh, funny one-liner here. So He says, Internet of Things is single-handedly going to deliver world peace, a cure for cancer, eternal youth, or a combination of the above. <laughs> so it's... <laughs> you know, we are in... Um, the Internet of Things hype cycle right now, right? So, uh, you know.
1: Yeah. It, it, well, Salesforce has been pushing APIs and connecting to everything for a while. I think there's, there's a person, I think it's Charlie Isaacs. Or Isaacs? Charlie Isaacs? Pretty involved in the community. That's that's his role. He meets with companies and builds APIs with them for Salesforce. That's his yeah. job yeah. at Salesforce. Um, so they've been trying to make that connection and making that accessible for a long time, maybe leading to this, but... You know, I think last year, before Wave was really the announcement, we, I think it was John, you you were thinking it was going to be an IoT kind of dream force, not the Wave was going to be the big thing. Yeah, yeah. You were thinking it was going to be IoT because they had been talking about, you know, first with Apple Watch and a bunch of other stuff, first business apps. So, and the Dev Zone is literally like 50 yards away from where we're speaking. I think you're going to see some really prime examples of how that's actually in use and in play when vendors are using this today and real, real world examples, not just cool. You know gizmos, but you know real applications are being using using the Internet of Things,
2: and and that's yeah. that's smart to uh, um, to have those types of uh, customers here that are that are already using the, these use cases because a lot of companies they're going to hear about the Internet of Things, they're going to see the 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 Cloud, right? And but then they're going to ask themselves, well, how can we use that? Like, how would that help our business? Right.
1: Well, hopefully, in the keynotes, we'll get some customer use cases of how someone is actually. Using that, right? That's what you know. You want an example, and so in Salesforce, as we know, makes some really great videos and stuff like that. But hopefully, we'll have a, a story that we'll, we'll see of how that technology is being used to actually, you know, make thoughtful business yeah. decisions on. I'm sure I would expect that's got to be in the keynote.
2: I think at minimum, people will go home asking themselves how how do we get in on this, right? Because the last the last. You know, scenario you want for yourself is for your competitors to figure out how to use this technology and you have not figured it out yet, right? <laughs> yeah, And that's the thing. That's, and that's why we're in the IoT hype cycle. It's, it's a rush to get a, a jump up on your competition and if, 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 um, if that's the scenario you're in, then this is probably a good place to be. You probably should check out some of these... So, I think there's an IoT keynote. Isn't there an IoT zone here?
1: Probably I think there's the an i t. zone, right? So I'd imagine because anywhere it's going to be on this floor somewhere. Yeah, yeah. We have, of course, this is day one and the first couple hours of. I haven't done much walking around, but <laughs> yeah, right. we got off the escalator and straight to here. So right, it was kind of a. We had a very limited view coming this way, but we'll we'll get to the other other areas. You'll know more in the next uh, podcast. How about that?
2: Exactly. <laughs> Go do some exploration. Day two. So uh, so one of my other th- themes for Dreamforce is wave all the things, right?
0: wave all the wave things. all the things everything oh, everything's ev- gonna get everything's a dose gonna of get a wave. wave
2: cloud and that's you know you see press releases this morning also on that yeah everything's gonna get wave um, they're gonna make wave much more accessible to all customers um, it it has seemed for the past year that it's it's limited to uh, big companies who have big budgets um, I think you know, that's it's been predicted for a, a little while now that they're going to find they're going to find ways to get Wave in everyone's hands,
1: what whether it's that?
2: whether it's through uh, uh, partner, you know, ISV products. I think are going to have the ability to integrate Wave in a way that's you know very affordable. Um, Salesforce has a couple of new apps, I'm not, uh, the um, analytics apps, uh, Wave apps. That's there's a sales cloud like Wave app and a service. Uh, some kind of wave app for service, yeah. Pre-canned and, 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 I'm, and you know, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's some kind of um, well, fee uh, for those, but it's, it's not, it's not the, the types of fees that we're originally seeing. So, uh,
0: but are we talking actual Wave Analytics Cloud? or Are we talking branding? Because uh, with Lightning, we we saw, exactly. we saw branding around some of the new dashboards, and they were calling them Wave-like dashboards. they, they had the Wave, yeah, I, technology at least for a presentation.
2: Right, so are you using, and is it just Wave front-end components, Wave visualizations, but right. you're not actually, you know, you don't have any data in their Hadoop clusters? Right. Or, you know, or I, I don't know. I but. think
1: that's that sprinkling that you're seeing. I think, John, you're spot on. Lightning is probably the new UI is the best example of that. Just, you know, our new nine-by-nine nine grid on dashboards, and, you know, they don't have the funnel chart yet, but they're getting there. But a lot of those visualizations, I think, are... Who have thought a funnel chart would be so critical? <laughs> <laughs> the funnel did not make it. Stay tuned for the funnel chart. Hopefully it will be back. Are you a fan of the funnel? I'm not a fan of the funnel. <laughs> Clients like the funnel. Yeah. They like the funnel, huh? It's, I gotta say, it's pretty. It's a, it is I never pretty. know how to read a funnel. Just order of magnitude of yeah. how much is in, in, in the. Well, because phase. you've got the
0: order of magnitude, so you got the top, and then and then within that there's another data set that says, you know, how much within that.
1: Yeah. And you have to
0: imagine it's yeah.
2: got it's like a funnel that's got holes in it, right? Yeah. And stuff falls out as it's going down, and you wanna, you know, your your goal is to patch those holes up. If you think about it like that, I think it makes more sense.
1: People like I the guess. funnel, though. So, yeah.
2: well, and it's, it looks it's, pretty. It's such a staple of CRM. That's like that's. Like, it'd be like a project management app that you know wouldn't have a Gantt chart, right? Exactly. I mean, I personally hate Gantt charts. I think they're useless for 99 percent of the time. But people love to see them.
1: You know, we talked about the chart. I know you guys know that I'm feel passionate about the homepage and the use of the homepage and. Man, that chart's still there on the homepage, and it just sell software, so it's not going away. People what want what would your chart. ideal homepage look like? Uh, my ideal homepage is... I, I always teach people that if you want to go look at a dashboard, go to the dashboard tab, right? So, so once, your home
0: your homepage wouldn't be a no, dashboard? Everything
1: to me, it's what needs my attention is actionable, whether it's an approval, a task, my calendar, my activities things that I need to stand out across all my records and just mm-hmm. consolidate it's really activity management um, and task management to me um, I I like I, I think that anything above the fold on the screen is super valuable so I don't like a dashboard shoving my task below the fold where I'll miss something because right. now I've I, I could have someone waiting an expense report check that I didn't approve so I need, that needs to be front and center so I yeah. I teach people to you know if you want to if you want to look at your business from a visual standpoint go to the dashboard tab but for whatever reason, having some visual element on the f- first page you hit on a software sell software, especially in the CRM space, I can't win this battle. Right. <laughs> it's to me, it's very important real estate, but my little pet peeve on that.
0: No, I
2: mean it, it makes it makes sense.
1: <laughs> and that's interesting. I mean, you
0: mentioned a lot about things being actionable, and that's that's right up in line with Salesforce's, I guess, opinion. I guess we've been calling it their opinion on 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 the new Lightning. I mean, everything is. The focus is your task. It's no longer your your record, your account record. It's the activity. That's the first thing you see. The data. It's your activity, your collaboration, and then you can get to the detail.
1: You're right. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. The data, you know, those 50 custom fields are now a second-class citizen, and you've got to go find it on the details tab to to see it where before the, the data was front and center. And I'm a little, and I'm sure I'll get used to it, but, you know, you don't run your dashboards from a chatter feed. Right, you run your d- dashboards from data, and the data in the field still, to me, are a huge business driver of why you even have a CRM. Right?
2: I, I think but, it's an experiment, honestly. Um, I, I think Salesforce knows that that's a huge mind shift for people. Huge. To, um, and I think it's one of those things you have to give it. You have to give it a shot. You have to give it time to know. Yeah. Whether that it, it's like you remember when um, you guys are Mac users when they changed the direction of the the scroll gesture right Oh and that was yes. that was yes i mean that was you know pan people you know were so unhappy about it but if you would if you tried i would i would tell people give it a week give it a week and now it's like the most natural thing it makes yeah. so much sense but you had to take that leap of faith and give it a shot and i, I think with some of these things that Salesforce are doing they're they're kind of um I'm trying to think of a well, safe word i can use but they're 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 I, they're, uh, they're gutsy they're gutsy moves bold and can they know they're upsetting the apple cart but it's it's uh it's kind of, it's kind of cool that they're doing that because they ha- they're taking a chance here to make to change the way people think about selling servicing approaching their activities their data
1: i guess you could also look at it that if you take the account page for example the data on an account does not change that much now your opportunity yeah. you got a lot going on right that's a pretty living thing right. so it's probably more important to show what you're doing with that account rather than, you know, the address probably isn't going to change. Right. <laughs> so and I can kind of see that based on on, on the object. But there's certain, think of some like back office processes, right? Uh, timekeeping or whatever it might be. I mean, that stuff is going to change every day. Sure. Right. you're going to be right. adding records constantly and it's more about the data. Right. So it's, I, I see where they're going with that, right? It's really how you're interacting with that record rather than is the data on that record changing sure. that much? So. and
2: and, and you, I mean, we can bring this back to the the theme of intelligence. I think Salesforce is moving towards a model of don't worry about your data so much, and tr- and, and try to understand like what your next thing is or what you need to do. Mm-hmm. We will look at your data and tell you what you need to do. Well, this is, we, we will tell you when you need to make the next move on this opportunity. When you need to contact this customer again. So oh. they're putting activities front and center. And with, as these systems of intelligence evolve, this CRM is, is is moving from a CRUD database in the cloud to something that is intelligently helping you make decisions and carry out your tasks, whether that's selling, whether that's servicing. To 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 again, think of the customer journey. Again, it's kind of creepy that they've got you on a map, but they do. <laughs> and it, but it's it's all about it's all about the Amazon thing. right. Getting. Putting things in front of you when you want to see them. Knowing what to sell you when you're ready to buy it. Yeah, And and, and computers are going to be better at that than humans are pretty soon, if if we're not already there, right?
0: I mean, the opinion we've seen so far, though, is very sales-driven. I mean, what we have today in Lightning and all the tooling and what's available is very sales-focused. So, I mean, what you see in the Home tab today is very sales-focused. The focus on activity, that's very sales-focused. I mean, you don't want your salespeople focused on data entry. You want them right. working on these things. 90% of the time, most companies aren't even gonna let you create an account. You know, you're working leads, you're working opportunities, you're not creating
1: accounts. So you're not you're not actively doing data entry. Oh, that's a good point. I was, I was having a conversation with a client on a the, on the, on the couch right over there and talking about data governance, mm-hmm. right? So who should be able to make an account and their you know, data gets away real quick when you have 5,000 users. Uh, but the other thing I was thinking about when you're, you're in your other comment is you know, it's, if you think about the opportunities in the Kanban drag-and-drop pipeline mm-hmm. view or whatever it's called, you know, it does have little flags now that says, this record needs attention, right? So, he's got a past-due activity or maybe it's been in a stage too long. So, they're starting to sh- kind of have that where you're, to your point where, you know, if you're if you're a salesperson and you're managing 40 deals, it's going to be really hard for you to know which one needs attention. So, it's going to be a little bit more front and center, I think. Yeah. And, uh, you know... Those are the those are the use cases that I'm sure, or what what have been top of mind when you're when you're looking at that UI is how do you, I hate to use this word, just so over you surface up yeah. <laughs> that something needs attention, right? But uh, so I think I think that's probably a a tip of the cards of where that could be going um, right. with that, and trying to let let people not have to babysit the records as much, and maybe have the record kind of speak to you to say, hey. You, you haven't touched me in 45 days. You know, what's going on with this opportunity? Right. Yeah. And
2: up until now, the way that's worked is, you know, you have to go in and set these thresholds for, for each stage. This is how long it should take. This is what this is what the percentage should do, right? Now we're moving to a model where you might set up some initial stages, but the system is, go- is going to start telling you what what's happening with your probabilities when you need to do something next. Instead of you telling the system, well, this is what I think, because we all... Okay, listen, you have to do that as a part of a Salesforce implementation. You have to set up opportunities. You have to set up stages with these probabilities. And usually it's n- hardly ever is it based on data. It's just based on some book that the sales manager read or one of these you know popular selling systems, right? It's so what it's based on. And it's, okay, that's a fine. I guess that's an okay. You have to start somewhere, Yes. right? You have to start Absolutely. somewhere. It's usually not based on data, though. So, okay, start out the way you think you need to start out, but then let this let this system who that is has these... You know these these uh, intelligence acquisitions that Salesforce has bought and the things they've developed in house. That they're again, as with Wave, is going to be sprinkled everywhere. This, these intelligence things are going to are going to start being integrated into all different aspects, all across Salesforce's clouds. And opportunities is I mean CRM is always this is going to be one of the one of the the testing zones for a lot of these features, a lot of these intelligence features because what's more important, really, than understanding how you need to sell to your customers? And Salesforce has been sending that message for years now. We have, you know, the customer but, success platform and all these all these kind of marketing terms.
0: But see, what, what you're talking about is kind of taking this, taking the intelligence and, and putting this box around this process and enforcing it, or even letting the system decide. I, I would prefer to look at the technology as a, as a tool, as a way to kind of filter the noise. If, you, if, you're, if you're responsible for 100 opportunities, what do you focus on today? That's where I think intelligence can come into play. That's where I think intelligence can help, and that's what we should take. Not the, this when it hits this percentage, it's, it's this process, and you're going to do this process. I don't, I don't like software enforcing a process. I, I do like it to kind of help filter out the
1: noise and help you focus on what you need to do. Well, if I was to kind of connect the dots to the Amazon thing, what if Salesforce said, this opportunity looks a lot like this historical set of opportunities as a population and because of that we think this one needs attention because it looks like this
2: right yeah. because this customer is in the financial industry and it turns out people in exactly. the financial industry move very fast right
0: but that's not a process that's a that's a analytic view of the data and and this is kind of a way of kind of helping bring that data to the surface
2: I think it's informing your process though it's it's it, it's it is, modifying exactly. you know the values of, of the parameters of your process right. yeah
1: we're talking about process and not to take us off a sidebar, but you know, had a conversation just this morning with one of our consultants that was working with a client, and they were very hung up on trying to get the right process from day one. And the good news with Salesforce is very little is irrevocable, right? Right. Besides maybe enabling person accounts. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> You can always change it, so you know. We Don't people, use person accounts. Well, we tell people, you know, just get something established that makes sense, and there's some general guidelines on how you want to build a sales process and in Salesforce and, yeah. and some sales good best practices around that. But then, after you've got a couple of two, three hundred, you can go back and do the analysis and see if that probability percent was was accurate. Right. Just yeah. start somewhere. Right. And and road test it. And I think people get not. Not a lot, but I, man, I had a conversation just this morning where the, the client was so hung up on getting it right that they didn't want to move forward in the implementation because they felt like they needed to have more internal discussion It's like, you'll get more information road testing it and seeing how that works in the wild than in a conference room, right? Get some data behind it and right. just, it's okay. You can change your sales process later. You won't break Salesforce doing that. I mean, when when, you,
2: when you're when you walking in and talking to people about something like this, I, and you know, Set up your slide deck. I think the first slide should say, "You are not going to get it right the first time. Accept it, deal with it." It's the, same, it's and, the and, uh, software
0: mantra. Your, your it, first, your first version thing. is throwaway. Yeah,
2: exactly. It's it's not inform- It's only informed by, by hunches and, and intuition, right? And it's it's always it, at the start of the project. That's when you know the least about what you actually want. It's it's at the, it's a point in when the project, what you're least informed.
1: Which is also amazing because I've gone back and looked at orgs where someone else had created this process and the company didn't realize they could change it. And I go, that's like two clicks. You've could changed that. You're still living with this pain. Like, well, we didn't know. It's like, yeah. you know, the power is there. And right. I think that's, that's one of the secrets, you know, with any kind of software is, you know, Salesforce gives you a pretty good toolkit to 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 change it on the fly, and and that's also what I, used, John's heard me say this. It's also the peril of Salesforce because you can change it on the fly, right? Yeah. So you end up with that, with a lot of legacy stuff and bones and skeletons in yeah. your org of there are- great ideas that that fell to the wayside. and You're seeing these remnants of all that stuff, and that, you know, change management is not a great, you know, because it's so empowering. Change management is uh, hard without a lot of discipline, and a lot of companies just don't have that discipline to to, to right. track change management.
2: There are a lot of power tools under that setup menu. Oh yes, right? they are. And you can, you can, you can lose an what, appendage.
1: <laughs> what's your
0: favorite? What's your favorite saying, Shell?
1: Salesforce is not an iPad. <laughs> Do not just install stuff willy nilly oh, right, from yeah. the App Exchange yeah. into production.
0: Right. Or, or if you're, if you are testing something, don't forget to remove it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Nothing wrong with uninstalling stuff. Yeah. You know? right. But yeah, and, and you know, for some people, they don't have the option. If you're running a Professional Edition, you don't, you have to. Either, well, you could do a developer account, I guess, and, and, and play with it, but you don't have the rest of your customizations and your yeah. users. But yeah, word of the wise, don't just download stuff from the App Exchange like an iPad. Yeah.
2: So another thing I noticed, just looking at the companies that are attending here, is the number of what you would think traditionally would be Salesforce competitors.
1: I love it. Mm-hmm. I, I do Microsoft too. It's, just it's,
2: yeah. So, so that's, that's that's the that's the big one, right? Microsoft. Oh, I love they it. share a logo
1: on the the cup on the bag. Yeah. If you haven't got that, I thought that, that was yeah that, that that was when I got my Dreamforce bag. So, it was, was John's talking about? So, there's a little what is it? A cooler? What do you call it? A, cup? a thermos? A thermos. And so it's Salesforce on one side, and if you flip it 180 degrees, it's Microsoft. And I saw the Microsoft logo first. And that's awesome. That's when I pulled huge. it out. That's I, the new Microsoft. I'm loving that.
2: Have you guys seen any other companies that are competitive? You know, co- what's the word? Uh, co-opetition, right?
1: Yeah, co-opetition.
2: Frenemies. 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 <laughs> I, you know, I, 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 I had, I'd had two or three others that I had noticed, but I, I didn't write them down. But it's an interesting thing. It's. Um, I, I think in this just the connected world where everyone's connecting you know they need to connect all these different systems and yeah. and you know you got companies like Salesforce and Microsoft which both have huge ecosystems and if you could draw a Venn diagram, there's a lot of overlap and instead of that being a war zone why not you know have it be a, com- a, a cooperation zone
1: well you right. pointed this out in a completely different ecosystem in your last podcast as you know I listened to them all you know Microsoft and Adobe playing at the Apple event and showing mm-hmm. some really good products that you right. know they're not and, you know, whether it's Mark Benioff and Larry Ellison or, you know, Steve Jobs and Adobe or Microsoft or whoever, I mean, they've all thrown stones Absolutely. <laughs> in the yeah. past, but they just kind of get beyond it and say for our, for our shareholders and our, our business, it just makes sense that we need to participate in this because there are a lot of consumers there. There are a lot of customers there. And if we don't play in that space, we're really just because of our ego shooting ourselves in the foot and we really should participate in that, in that ecosystem. I think, I, I'm, I'm happy to see Microsoft out there. I mean, yeah. I know when I work with clients, you know, Microsoft Office is not going away. You know, Salesforce is, you know, traditionally been a little behind and it's hard for like the Outlook connector to stay up to date with the latest, re- latest releases and, you know, Office 365 when that came out. But I, I, I think it's great that they're playing nice together and developing you know, new tools. Um, I, the customers want it. And so I think Microsoft probably hears that their customers want to use Salesforce too.
2: Right. They, I think they just needed the right kind of leadership that knew how to bring them into this new age of cooperating in these ecosystems.
0: Yeah. I mean, not relying on the, the old uh, silos and right. walls of, yep. you know, this is us and we're dominant and we're just going to push everyone out. Yeah. It's it's, it's, a, it's a much different world. Yeah. yeah. Could you imagine Oracle and Salesforce cooperating?
1: Sure.
2: I mean, they, they actually, they kind of do, right? Yeah. Salesforce is probably one of Oracle's biggest customers. You got to think. But they still like to, you know, do a lot of uh, trash talking. But, you know, the trash talking makes it fun. I love the trash talking. It gives us something to talk about, doesn't <laughs> it? it? <is. laughs> and it gives us great sound it, clips. Exactly,
1: <laughs> Love it. Well, it seems like the, the hostilities have cold, 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 uh, gotten cooler, so it's not so vocal. But, you know, it's, it's I guess I think people uh, leverage that when they need to.
2: I, th- I think that, you know, Mark Benioff and Larry Ellison, they go out there and they do their trash talking and then later they, they call each other on their cell phones and just laugh about it. Ah, do you hear what I said about you? Yeah, that was good. Did you hear what I said about you? <laughs> Let's keep this up.
1: I don't know. I think I there's think some companies I think that probably don't do that. <laughs> I don't
2: know. They do. Well, I mean, I, you know, I mean, Mark and Larry, they're, they're longtime friends. Um, didn 't one of them officiate someone 's wedding or something you know they're yeah I think so I could be make, I could be thinking of uh, zach nelson i can 't remember but someone officiated someone 's wedding who 's a competitor with Salesforce and these, these guys you know they, they you know they work together for years they 're their friends um, but they 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 do love to put on a good game in, in the public
1: it 's good for the press yeah I mean, is what, what is it's good what for is the
2: press it's, it''s I think customers like to like to hear their you know the leader of their team you know going after it
1: Well. <laughs> what is it any press is good press to a degree? You know, well,
2: that's the flip side of it, right? Why? Why do you keep mentioning? Why are you obsessed with mentioning your competitors every time you do a, you know, an earnings release or an announcement? But they all do it. Yeah, I think. The, I think the only one who doesn't do it is Microsoft.
1: Well, hey, there's Chris. <laughs> Go Trailhead. <laughs> <laughs> we got a plug in there. <laughs> Wait,
2: what's Trailhead? <laughs>
1: Did Follow you, look, the bear did you look around <laughs> <laughs> trail had all the things <laughs> well I think uh, going back to that last comment I think if you read Mark Benioff's book behind the cloud the the fact that you mentioned bigger competitors in your space and, and you know when, when Salesforce was you know smaller, they always compared and, and made call outs to the biggest player they could find in the space because then they would get a reaction and that reaction got them into the conversation and made customers look at Salesforce. Yep. So it was yeah. a genius thing, but if I'm not doing justice that whole marketing strategy, but uh, you know the fact that you kind of compare yourself or you make some trash talk comment to someone who is bigger than you and now this is, you know, yeah. years and years and years ago now Salesforce is the big player, but it got a response. Yep. And that response was um, Giving credit, or what do you say, like not approval? What I'm trying to say, uh, affirmation. i like, um, legitimi- leg- legitimate. Thank you. I'm. God, I cannot find the word. <laughs> that that was a competing, competing product. Right.
2: You le- legitimizing your competitors. Yeah. Exactly.
1: So it's it's genius.
2: But like you said, uh, you know, any PR is good PR. Uh, you know, when you trash talk, you know, people write articles about
0: it. People talk about it on podcasts. Um. So it, yeah,
1: it works in the music industry. It works in the software yeah. industry. Oh,
0: every rom com, the 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 two couples in the movie have to have like a secret relationship outside. <laughs> yeah. No, you, d- you don't notice that. John's
2: favorite Every- genre of, m- of movie is romantic comedy. So. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, what I what talking want to about. about. <laughs> I,
0: I just, I lost John. Madden. I get forced to watch it. Uh, yeah. Sometimes yeah. she's not there, but I just know I'm no. Yeah. No, but it's true. I mean, a lot of these things you'll, you'll see, you start seeing the little tabloid reports, or oh, they were seen together, and they oh. Get, oh, they've got this new movie coming out or something. So it, it's it's all
1: publicity. It's Point, all marketing. We need to
2: PR. get. We need to get try to get Benny up up here this week.
1: Good luck. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> I'm sure he's very scheduled. Yeah. He will be here in spirit.
0: Yeah.
1: We can start a new hashtag Twitter campaign. I know. There's one on button. What
2: happened to the what happened to the uh, Benny Benioff bear hug campaign?
1: <laughs> I've been
2: challenged to give him a just a big bear
0: hug. I, yeah. actually I
2: kind of threatened it, I think.
0: Um, I hope you that think. was in response to getting getting better your your namespaces. <laughs> yes. Hey, if it got me namespaces and apex I would do it. I would totally do we, it. We, we can't have a show without nam- na- mentioning namespaces.
1: <laughs> yes. I mean, you've
0: got
2: you. Apex namespaces. Make, you know, make it happen. I don't <laughs>
1: think gonna you're going to get that close to him. I think security's going to probably stop you. This, I is, wonder. this yeah. is pretty high security. Yeah. <laughs> what else is on your mind? I don't know.
2: And you think there's going to be any new verticals this week?
1: Like vertical solutions?
2: Yeah. So what do we have so far? The, the new... the, new ones. the uh, Healthcare.
0: Healthcare. Financial services. Financial uh, services.
2: I, you know, both of those seem to be very, very early stage, I think. I
0: got to think insurance has got to be coming up, right?
1: Yeah, the, the overlay for insurance was a little weak. So it needs some love. But I don't know if that's I mean, on the target list. Health
0: has a certain amount of data requirements, but insurance really has major data requirements. So... That would be interesting. Like as in privacy and security or? Privacy, security, then duration that you have to keep records. Especially if you're talking life insurance, you're talking 30 years of, of data that just has to be there. You cannot right. get rid of it. And then and there, even I think after, after death, if we're talking life insurance, there's a certain amount of time afterwards you have to keep them as well. So just, yeah. it's just
1: there's, immense. There's a lot of technology that is needed because you need the API connections to the carriers. To get the policy information,s and also another big, big yeah. request that I see dealing with insurance customers is the commission data. So the the producers, or the salespeople, are getting you know commissions on these policies. To get the, that commission information, the policy information, the payments on those policies is a lot of data going back and forth to those carriers. And that, and I kind of thought that would be similar to health healthcare, just a lot of APIs, or even financial services, where you need those connections back to all the custodians, to so the you know TD Ameritrade, the Schwab. All the folks that have your 529 or your 401k, you need that feed of data coming in on the financial performance of those accounts. So I think a lot of those verticals is, I'm hoping, and I guess today would be a good day because a lot of that's the partner, partner sessions are on Tuesday. Today is, is to, to see if that you know, carrier healthcare, custodial financial account information is actually gonna get pumped in because most small companies can't afford to do the custom development to make those connections to those custodial accounts. So whether or, you know, to a carrier, and there's an insurance they're called AMS's, agent management systems. And I know, I'll do a shout out to Canary on the AppExchange. They're one of the few people that I know that's got an AMS that actually is on force.com that has those connections out to those insurance carriers. So you can get a quote from the carrier electronically without having to get on their website and, and punch it in. So when you're cross shopping, you know, a policy for one of your clients and you're trying to go to five carrier websites. It'd be nice if you could just cross-shop it from within Salesforce. Right. Those are the yeah. type of connections I think would be huge breakthroughs, but it's there's a lot of, the, the a lot of is, back-end work on that. The
0: problem is, is that it's not so much the, the Salesforce side of things. You've got APIs there. You've got ways to connect. The problem is is the industries themselves have, they're, they're really behind on their technology. They've relied on the old kind of server technology They don't have APIs built. A
2: lot of them are on mainframe, right? Yeah, you know, you're
0: you're you're having to connect to some SQL database that they've replicated data to. It's all COBOL. So it's (laughs) really the industry themselves is struggling to catch up with all this technology. So even that's what's making it challenging. That's why you know third-party vendors and things like that are important because what they end up having to do is basically be the middleware guy. Yeah. You know, they have to they have to find a way to tunnel into those systems, access that database directly,
1: and then find a way to publish it publicly. That's the value really, if you're an agent or a wealth advisor in financial services, is having that information at your fingertips. So when your client calls, you don't have to log into another system to see that. Exactly. That's, that's where it's going to be valuable. That's well, not going to only, be the win.
0: Yeah, it, there, there's that, and then there's also just the side of just seeing what's going on. I mean, Salesforce is great with the dashboards, and, and as management and everything, you love those dashboards, and you want to look at them and see them, but that data has to be in there to be able to do that.
1: Yeah, the value is getting that information pumped in.
0: Don't have to have three screens and then you get into data volumes, data retention, reporting, syncing, synchronizing.
2: Well, and they have the, um, the what's it called, the red tape cloud? What's the, what's the one with all the, uh, the enhanced security? I call it the red tape cloud. The shield? Uh, a shield. Yeah, thank you. So if, oh. uh, imagine, imagine for an insurance carrier, though, combining, or an, even an agency. But think about it, even a carrier, a huge insurance carrier. You have the shield. You have the sales cloud. You have the service cloud. you got to have both of those. And now you have this big data system and intelligence system, right? Because insurance employ these people called actuarials that are, you know, the biggest statistics nerds ever, right? So now now they've got that tool to help them do their job. I mean, you could see Salesforce enabling almost like a startup insurance carrier. Yeah. Like, it's got everything you need here. You don't have to deploy massive mainframe systems and hire all these COBOL programmers and, and license some ridiculously expensive software like... These four clouds, you could literally launch an insurance carrier on.
1: Well, that's, you know, our, our consulting company plays in the SMB mid-tier space, and our clients that are in financial services and insurance, they cannot afford that development. So unless there's an app or Salesforce is going to prepackage that with all the wiring on the backside ready to go, they're logging into other systems. I mean, they're doing their sales. They're doing a lot of other valuable stuff inside Salesforce, but getting that policy information, the carrier information, their commissions... And on the wealth management side, just that custodial account, financial account information so they can sit down with a client and as of today, here's your performance on your portfolio for your retirement. I mean, that's, that's huge, huge value. And that's, that to me is going to be the win. Yeah. Yeah. It's
2: getting interesting. A lot of clouds. How many clouds do we have now? I keep losing count.
1: I lost count. I think it's, it's got to be 10, 10, right? 10 was the word I was thinking, thinking of because we were at eight not too long ago. Can we name them? We got oh sales,
0: service, marketing, community. Mar- marketing, community, sales, sales, service, marketing, community, security, red tape. Well, that's security. <laughs> uh, the Well, uh, health is a cloud. So they, they're yeah. calling yeah. health a oh, cloud. Yeah, they're right. Financial wave. services is a cloud. Wave. Did you say wave? The analytics cloud. Well, analytics yeah, cloud. Right. So that's eight. I'm missing two.
1: I
2: think I'm sure we're missing a couple. Well, you we're missing two. Financial
1: services is it, or Internet of Things is today. IoT Cloud, Thunder, or whatever it's oh, called. Oh, yeah, Thundercloud. Yeah, that's a cloud. Thundercloud. So Nine. That's, be that's a good name.
2: Thundercloud.
0: I mean, it's. it's we, we is get it some, cheesy or is it cool? I think it's kind of cool. But. We need some ACDC here or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
2: it's, a, it's kind of interesting. I won't, I won't like, do
0: my, my ACDC impression. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's I was pretty I, bad. I almost went there, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was right there with you. Cause it, but you know. I mean, he doesn't want to yell thunder. I mean.
0: You,
2: you know there's some naming expert person in the marketing department that's been holding on to Thundercloud for years now, waiting for the right time to let someone use that name on one of their products.
1: Somebody just needs to go look up all the trademarks that Salesforce has applied for and start guessing.
2: I wonder yeah. if they, I mean, some of these, I wonder if they even have them trademarked. Can you can you trademark um, Sales Cloud or, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I guess you have to try.
0: I, 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 I like this theme. I like the lightning thunder theme. I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I can play on it off of it in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Got some back to future stuff out of it too. How so? Uh, what was it? Was it a year or so ago when uh, oh, Parker yeah. Harris dressed up as uh, a Doc Brown?
1: Something. Yeah, yeah. I've seen the future. That was last year. The right? that was that was Lightning. Or no, was that? That was the platform. That was a Salesforce One platform, I think. Yeah, yeah. Lightning Man. No, was that the Lightning Man? No, it was when he was Doc Brown. Yeah, that's when yeah. Parker was Doc Brown. Yeah, he was, was Doc Brown. The year before. Yeah. The year before Lightning Man was he was Doc Brown. Yeah. Did we
2: ever figure out at the um, the Lightning Experience launch? The the people that were walking around serving drinks were they dressed up as Doc Brown or just crazy data scientists?
1: I think they were just crazy scientists. Okay. Yeah. A
2: little Salesforce trivia
0: there.
1: <laughs> I was trying to see if John was going to work in the hoverboard. He still likes He's the hoverboard. He is obsessed with the hoverboard. You're not getting a I, hoverboard, John. No, you can't.
0: they won't sell one. They don't one. exist.
1: They, won't sell they don't
2: exist. Did you did you read about what they had to do? So that concrete that yeah. they were yeah. It, it, on, all, that was actually wood that was painted to look like concrete, or some kind of material was painted to look like. It was just. It's, it's, well, there, there's actually it's never going to happen.
0: The the, the the board itself isn't self sufficient. There's actually magnets in the track yeah, and everything, right. so it's it's all.
2: That's why they couldn't have concrete. because yeah. those
0: magnets have to. Even, even the water part where you went over the water, it's actually a really shallow yeah. layer of water. So it created the illusion that he was he was yeah. you know going across water, but he really. I mean, I'm sure it. it was fun for them to
1: to do that, but it I, demos. Well. I'd still love it, it. exactly. If, if
0: there was a hoverboard park right here, <laughs> that's where I would be the entire time. I'd, I'd have to take the recorder down there so I could say, "Hey, I'm, I'm and, recording while I ride my board." And, we would be, yeah. and when, we'd Where's we'd be the closest out, emergency
1: room? I was about to say <laughs> we'd be filling out insurance
0: paperwork <laughs> for your new broken leg. It, it has been. Is your insurance card running yet? <laughs> It has been years since I've, I've ridden a board, yeah. but in my head, I'm, I'm a master still, and I can get out and do my ollies and all that kind of stuff. In your head. In my head. I, I'm a lot of things in my head. <laughs> you know, as I'm looking out
1: in the Amazon, there's so much crazy little stuff going on. There's a cart of trailhead stuff just went by. What hello. A cute little bear. We're actually getting some little video cam going. Hello. Hello, hello.
2: Are we getting the hook?
1: <laughs> oh, on Periscope, we're live. Jillian Adil is, yeah. is filming us on Periscope. I've the social I've, media. I missed the Periscope craze. I'm gonna have to get more involved with that. Yeah, just sign up. You, you have
0: to. You have to be ready for your phone to go off every five minutes that someone's broadcasting. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There, there is someone
1: broadcasting here at every minute of the day. I've got to find more free time in my life so I can experience Periscope. Yeah. When you figure like, that out, let me know how <laughs> that's okay. I cannot figure that out. Woohoo! That's awesome. I've officially been on Periscope. Yeah. So do we have
2: any uh, parting thoughts? Predictions? We well, I don't know.
1: Actually, no, we're, we're still going.
0: Are we good? Because uh, Matt may be late and he hasn't shown up yet. So we'll just keep going until... Uh... Are you holding down
1: the fort till? We are. We are.
2: So if we want to go back to Wave for a minute... But I... if you
1: need to cut... I think I'm good. Y'all keep talking. I think I'm good. I'm enjoying it. If you guys are okay? Yeah.
2: Oh, so, so Thunder... Right, which is their IoT cloud. This morning's announcement, yep. Confirmed that it does run on Heroku. Nice. Which makes sense since it's got all these Apache projects and different things that have basically got to run on, right. directly on Linux, some kind of Linux system. Not sure if it's um, if it can tie into the, what's the Heroku private private spaces? But you would think if that's not happening yet that that would, right?
0: I don't see why it wouldn't.
2: I, I don't either. Seems like that that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Kafka, Spark, Storm, and Cassandra, some of the main underpinnings. So all the all the right tools there. Yeah. It, Heroku seems like the right place for it too. So there's a guy, Dylan Steele, who is the senior director of product marketing for the App Cloud. And that's wha-
0: our tenth cloud.
1: We missed it. App Cloud. Yeah. App exchange.
0: But
2: that that's an, that's an, an umbrella cloud, right?
1: Well, yeah, we've got some marketing changes here. Just, just roll with it, Jeremy. I know. Just roll with I it. I know. Yeah.
2: Just, I got to let go.
0: Let it go.
1: <laughs> is um, app
0: exchange in the app cloud? I think it's the app cloud, right? Well, no, app cloud is is now no. the new platform. Yeah. Let's start a rumor. Let's start so, a new cloud.
1: Can we name a new cloud and just start a new rumor? There's a new cloud. How about the Shell Black, <laughs> Black Cloud? Black Cloud. Black Cloud. Oh, love it. Yeah, it's like I don't tornadoes know. and stuff spinning <laughs> in that one. <laughs> <laughs> Could have lightning in the Black Cloud. Come on.
2: No, but, okay, so here, here's Dylan's quote. He says, we want to make big data accessible to business users and to help them write rules and real-time logic and sort through it and find the data that is most relevant to them. So they're, this is interesting. They're taking these very advanced tools that usually require some of the, like, the sharpest you know, system administrators and things. Yeah. They're taking all that problem away from you and exposing some kind of tool set that business users can write rules for and... You know, probably wave it up, right? That's again, I hate, I hate, I hate the term, but to you know, to I'll say to make that accessible to to business users is, I think, will be
1: a first. Well, I'm thinking back at the client experience we had earlier this summer. That you know, a lot of that is just trying to get the the business that's entering my data and working the in the data more engaging, so they'll actually want to maintain it and spend more time in the tool when the tool is not. Engaging or is not providing a whole lot of value, you know, it's it's hard to keep that user's attention, right? So you've got to keep, you got to get, serve I hate that word surface. There I did it again. Surface more. Sometimes actionable and find a word. It's the word du jour. Unfortunately, and, I, and I'm stuck with it. I'll get well, over the, it. That's the
0: other side of the, the analytics. I mean, how, how actionable is it? Once you have all that information, what can you do with it? Well, that yeah, I mean that's
2: that's that's your holy grail. That's what you're going for. Yeah. I mean that's that's the ends that justifies the means right so and that's a customer specific question that has to be answered
0: because and we're, you have we're, to, under, we you need to
2: understand that before you embark on such a project but
0: are we talking driving process or are we talking driving automation with this intelligence
2: well I, I think I think the end goal is to n- not only um, Informed decision making, but also feeding back intelligence into automated processes to again, you know, modify you know parameter values and and ongoing tweaking of your business processes based on informed you know intelligence data.
0: Mm. I mean, it I
2: sounds did, I did, I kind did, of futuristic, but that's that's where we're going with this.
0: No, I just that, that gives me the creepies. It, it is, I, I hate I mean, automated operations. I just, I don't know. That, that's a people thing to me. Operations has always been a people thing. Processes is a people thing and, to
2: me. And again, I mean, think about it at kind of one of the more basic levels. This is about understanding more about your customer, too. If Just think of it in terms of sales cloud. This is about knowing more about your customers, what they're doing, what they've already bought, what what they're having a problem with.
1: Well, I guess the other thing I think about is, you know, if you've got a, a company-wide implementation of Salesforce all the different functional groups are interacting and a lot of times they need the software to help them talk and communicate. So what I might be doing in fulfillment or whatever it is or you know, account management maybe needs to trigger automatically a bunch of information for the salesperson to let them know that there's more activity or less activity or, or whatever it is. So hopefully, you know, it can it can drive you know, I just think the software is, it's gotta work harder for those populations to keep to keep those 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 users engaged in making good decisions, and I think you know, it's structure, right? You know, I always think about you know processes in Salesforce and kind of putting the bumpers up on the bowling alley to try to keep users along the path they're supposed to do. And sometimes there's a good reason for that for data quality or whatever. But um, I I think that there's there's an opportunity there that if 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 the data can kind of interact a little bit different and and prompt users and and do stuff. And the hard thing is is that you know what if you get an Unexpected consequence or an unexpected result that you weren't thinking for yeah. some behavior happening over in another system. So it's going to be a fine balance on that because it can also kind of make things go a little haywire if it if it kind of triggers a trigger and triggers a trigger that you weren't expecting.
2: Well, and, and statisticians have something they call a, a type two error, which is when you've basically come to the wrong conclusion. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that that's always, but that's that's you know that again, come- it's just part of understanding your data more and and. You know, tweaking your as Salesforce has, your rules, right? Your algorithms, you know, to, to over time become more accurate.
1: Right. Be curious to see.
2: Yeah. Um, so there's a guy named Adam Bosworth that Salesforce pulled out of retirement to build the Thundercloud, to lead it.
1: What was his background? Does it say?
2: Um, well, he helped... Develop XML, which I will try not to hold against him. <laughs> um, yeah, he had to come out of retirement. I he chose Salesforce, I guess, because it it sells to lots of non tech companies, um, which keep big amounts of data on their own customers. So, yeah. hmm. fairly interesting.
1: If I ever get to retirement, don't make me unretire. Yeah. <laughs> what would it take to get you out of retirement
2: usually it's a lot of
0: money <laughs> usually there's a lot <laughs> no, of money no I, no I don't think it's that I, I think it's a car
1: or a new garage I or something I'm, I'm a big type A guy so it's, I think the hardest thing for me for retirement is going to be just stop and yeah. slow down because I'm pretty type A and I, 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 even even on the weekends just I have to be productive it's just the way I'm wired so I don't I, I don't have to have a lot of hobbies to keep me busy <laughs> But have, you do. You, you, I do. I still have time for them. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> one day. That, that's always the problem, time. Yep. So do you guys remember
2: the Internet of Customers? So I that, remember being what, a that's customer what company. Is. I, it's kind of funny. You can, you can re- literally look back at what Mark Benioff said a year or two ago when it was no one knew what it meant and it was vaporware. <laughs> and then, you know, all of a sudden they announced some new actual product. And you're like, you know what? He's been talking about, he's been seeding, sowing these yeah. seeds in our brains.
0: Well, that, that's, that's why you can, for, you can pick for up two on two years a, now. You can pick up on these interviews and you can pick up on keywords like systems of intelligence. Exactly. I mean, you, you can hear it. You can hear the language changing. That immediately struck me when I heard him say that. I'm like, what the heck does that mean? He's not been used. This is a new yeah. term for him.
2: Yeah. And I knew it meant something. But yeah, no, last year they called it, you know, the Internet of Customers. You know, they, this is the second year there. You can tell a year ago they were, they had all this in the works.
1: I think there's been a lot of things that have, Salesforce has gone a direction and, and they, they thought about it and backed out and did something else. I mean, Cloud 2. I mean, there was a bunch of yeah, things Yeah, Cloud like,
2: 2. Social enterprise. I mean, there's just, I don't know whether they're marketing terms or ideas that just didn't, didn't. I mean, you know, not everything is going to catch on that. Everything's going to be, I uh, you know. A or sometimes
1: they just pick the wrong technology or maybe the technology they thought was going to be it, like Salesforce Touch. Yeah. Just... They they learned something and went sure. a different direction with it. it. wasn't like they completely didn't get any value of it. But you know, right. a lot of times they kind of like I wouldn't say stillborn, but they put something out there and like, no, we're just this isn't going to bridge it wh- yep. where we thought the bridge was going to be, and so we got to build a different bridge. VM <coughs> Force, <coughs> excuse me. Um, yeah. VM <laughs> Force. Yeah. Well, yeah. it just he, sometimes you think that's the right horse to bet on, right? Well, and I mean, something else comes up that makes you think, well. Maybe architecture. Well, I mean, or whatever something else. sound really great. I mean, VM, VM sounded great.
2: It still sounds. great. It still great. sounds
0: great. <laughs> and and we, we, when we saw when Heroku came about, we thought, okay, well, maybe that's it.
2: Right. And that uh, kind of was kind of, but not really.
0: Yeah. Um, Be able to build anything using the technologies that you. Right. That the you language know, that you want. Right. I mean, that, want. that
2: that's the Heroku message, right? Yeah. You know, we should we should get into that a little bit tomorrow, maybe. Because there are some Heroku announcements that, that I think inch us towards a closer integration between Heroku and Salesforce. It's still not where I think it needs to be where I
0: want it. And what the integration has gotten great, though. In what way? In terms of the, the connections, the... You're referring to like Heroku Connect? Heroku Connect with Salesforce. Yeah. I mean, at least yeah. that's there. It's not counting against your API limits any longer. Right. I mean, which... which was odd. You 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 had Heroku, a Salesforce company, and then you're connecting your systems together, and you're being you're, it's hitting your limits. Right. So if
2: if you want to build apps on top of your Salesforce you know infrastructure, and you want to build them in Ruby, Java, uh, Node, right? Heroku is a great choice for that, and Heroku Connect makes makes it possible to have a fairly tight integration with your Salesforce data, right? Because you. You've got this app running, and you've got a Postgres database right there—that's a real-time mirror of your Salesforce org. Yeah. So that's that's part of that's part of the puzzle.
1: You need to get Adam that's an important on your podcast.
2: Or some Heroku guys.
1: Yeah. Chase them down.
2: I was down at Heroku yesterday. Got really interesting conversations with some of those guys. I mean, they're you know they're working on these these things. I guess they're just they're difficult, and there's a lot of you know waters that have to be navigated in order you know technical you know business whatever that uh, in order to make these things happen. But it's you know. But App Cloud is um, some of the new Heroku things that I think are under this App Cloud umbrella. I mean, I'm sure uh, Connect, Private Spaces. They have the um, federated, federated identity across Heroku and Salesforce, yeah. which is not what I. It's not what you'd think it is. No. It's not what I. It's not what I wanted it to be. No. It's, so what it is is, um, let's say you you um, you're a developer or administrator for your company, and you've got to log into your your Heroku dashboard, right? Okay. Right now, that's you have a username and password for Heroku. With the federated identity, you can set up your Heroku administrative users, access to their dashboard, using their Salesforce credentials.
0: Okay, I see.
2: So it's not for end users of the app. Right. So, but that could be, what? I mean, this could be kind of paving a pathway to get there, but it's not, it's not really there yet.
0: I think we got the uh, five-minute warning. Yeah, the hook. So we're going to wrap it up, Shell.
1: Thanks for Thank having me on the podcast on. again. Good to have you out here at Dreamforce, Jeremy. You need to spend some time wandering here. around the Dev Zone yeah. and see what what's you, out there. You'll have to come by and check in, and
0: if I'll give you the way, get, get his his uh, status report of the day.
2: For the for those of you who um, if, if somehow you're not familiar with Shell, <laughs> shellblack.com. He's famous for the whiteboard series of instructional Salesforce videos that are an amazing compliment. To Salesforce's existing learning and training systems,
1: about three hours of content, about thirty videos, and I should have looked it up, but something insane—like over a half million minutes watched. It's something yeah. just insane.
2: So definitely check out. It's fun. Check out all shit. I mean, you know, you're you've got some of the best. I mean, I've been kind of singing your praises for years. Some of the best uh, blog content. Super useful. You know, kind of administrator level type power user. Um, you know, blog posts the whiteboard, and you you know—you run your own Salesforce consulting company. So if you need help with Salesforce, implementing, fixing it, re-implementing, building stuff on top of it, shellblack.com.
1: Thank you. I'm now your other unofficial non-paid sponsor. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Non-paying sponsor. Yeah. We have All a right. problem with Ed. our business model here, John. <laughs> we do. It doesn't seem to be working.
0: Well, I think Matt Morris is up next. We are. Awesome. And to I that, I say good day, sir. <laughs>
2: All right, we're now coming to you from a, another time and place. <laughs> late at night, but this night. should be a continuation of our of an episode that started early, early this morning. So this is day day one, technically, of Dreamforce, Tuesday. Yeah, it's now late in the evening, and we are uh, seven o'clock sitting in a hotel room, and we're going to talk about. We should be out and about, but we're old men, exactly, <laughs> <laughs> and we have a recording spot in the podcast area at 8.30 in the morning. So, yeah. So, yeah, um, so yeah we're going to do a kind of a recap of what we saw today and what we thought. So it started out with us recording in the podcast zone.
0: I thought yeah. that was, uh, worked out well. Um It's nice we got to get, well, we technically interviewed, I guess, by Mike and Julian. And then, uh, yeah. Then we started it, it. It's interesting. Cause I don't know that int- interesting is not the right word, but it's a different format for us. So it's, it's, and we didn't have our soundboard, um, <laughs> which I'm regretting. Cause yeah. I just, I missed it. Yeah. I feel like I had one hand tied behind my back. You did. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and there were some, there were some good moments where we could have, we could have used it. So,
2: but yeah, it's, it's a cool setup. Um, it's a nice setup. You know that floor, though, is so. This is the admin zone, yeah. which is on floor two of Moscone West, which is also contains the developer zone, and it's just a super crowded area. Right. Um.
0: And so it's just, it's loud, and I don't know. I mean. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's the admin zone. There's people there talking, yeah, learning, uh, giving presentations. Uh, and so even though we're on the opposite end of that corner, you know, there's just that whole in between. Right. Um, But it is a nice. That is a nice little lounge area directly in in front of us. You have, there's a power charging stations and everything, so you can sit, relax, charge your device, listen to a podcast. Yeah. Um, Although with that noise and the speakers and the kind of compromise we have to make with volume in that area, um, it's sometimes hard to hear, or, or, you know, there's not a lot of clarity in the voice. You know, so so you'll kind of pick up bits and pieces. Something seemed a little bit mumbled, Um, and I'm not sure if there's a remedy to that but i don't know maybe maybe you just tune out the other noise or something
2: yeah i noticed that too and and it, it is kind of hard to hear when you're sitting in the like audience area and i'm just not sure how also how much people are engaged in um just what's happening on that podcast stage
0: i don't know i looked around and i saw a lot of engagement i saw a lot of people i mean yeah they're looking down and looking at their device and everything but you, you know they'll look up occasionally they'll, they'll engage um and we had shell on a lot of people were Happily walking by and waving hi. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. Shell is Salesforce famous, so. <laughs> he, he's he's the, he's the, the celebrity. <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just riding his coattails. <laughs> you can't go anywhere with Shell without him knowing somebody. Right. I we'll walk down the street and I'm trugging along. And if I'm not careful, I'll lose track of him because he has stopped. Right. To talk to yeah. someone. Yeah. Um, all
2: right. Well, so other than that, like what. One of the highlights. I mean, we, so we're. I think on this morning we talked about some of the announcements that, that came out this morning at 5 a.m. local time because that's when the embargo was lifted. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, what? So what else? I mean, the, uh, did we talk about? We didn't talk about the so Accenture uh, buying Cloud Sherpas. Yeah, we didn't talk about that at all. Um, but I, I still haven't wrapped my head around that. I mean. I don't either. Um, so, CloudSharp is, has like uh, over a thousand employees, you know, and they're they're a combination of you know organic growth and the, but they bought a lot of other Salesforce consultancies, I think, yeah, over I the think past so. couple of yeah. years. You know anyone who works for them? No, no.
0: But they 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 were, I I say war because obviously the acquisition. But I mean, I, I remember they were really heavily heavily recruiting. Yes. Um, right. In fact, I think I got a few headhunter calls yeah. from them too. So I know a couple of people, but <laughs> I, I won't name any
2: names. But I, I, I would like to talk to some people and find out what their what their thoughts are. I mean, it's interesting. I um, will have to read some analysis, but you know, I wonder if this will be spun as like this is um, this is you know proof of the power and the model of this of the Salesforce eco- ecosystem, or if it, or if this is a weakness that that model of consulting requires. Constant growth and cash flow churn, and if and if you can't keep up with it, it just eats you alive, and you're you have no choice but to find either continued investment, right. cash cash infusions, or you sell. Yeah. Um, but the net result is that Accenture is he, is gonna now be huge. has almost yeah. three thousand Salesforce certified consultants.
0: Yeah, that's big.
2: Yeah. So I mean, they're all, I mean, they, not, not that they haven't been, but they'll they'll be the go-to candidate for the giant corporate mm. and government jobs that you know you it's not boutique consulting. You're not getting the best of the best. I'm not saying and I'm, I know a lot of those guys are smart. so I'm not saying that they they don't have some of the best of the best.
0: But, but these projects require a lot of people. Just I mean, literally a, volumes a, of a people. A project where
2: you need a hundred yeah. bodies that are just consulting, coding, right. configuring, right? Yeah. So they'll. You know that's that's what their role will be.
0: Yeah.
2: And Accenture, you know, they they I've read that you know they, they have this thing that they say that they're, you know, they want to be the, um, you know, the cloud basically like the cloud you know, integration or consultant or, or whatever. they right. do. So, and I guess they're well on their way. <laughs> I mean, that they, right. I mean, I mean they're already huge, I and mean, they've been yeah. a huge. Were they ever a spinoff of um, was it Arthur Anderson or one of the big consulting
0: or uh, tax firms or something? I don't know the Big Six or whatever. I don't, really, I don't yeah. really know much about their history. I just I just know they were big consulting, and then it wasn't it wasn't too long ago that they got into Salesforce. I mean, heavily. Yeah. I mean, it was it was yeah. just a small piece at one point, and yeah. then they really jumped in. Yeah, they just look,
2: they're looking over there saying, "Hey, there's we can make some money over there." <laughs> but yeah, they're they're apparently the only diamond sponsor of Salesforce, whatever that means. A lot of money. Well, what was, I don't even know where that lands because plat, I thought platinum was
0: the highest. That's one and a half million dollars. I mean, it's a special category, I'm sure. And it could be a combination of just clout being the biggest, yeah. and, you know, and, and, and some money Who knows? So that was interesting. Um, yesterday I
2: had a cool meeting at Heroku. So, um, um, a buddy of mine that I've known for a while, um, uh, had me out there at, at kind of at the end of their day and I got a tour of Heroku offices, really cool offices, um, and had some really good conversations just to kind of catch up on with him and also just what they're doing over there and um, you know, they got a lot of smart guys working over there, that's yeah. for sure. Um, it's interesting though, they um, you know, the, I, f- I feel like, you know, going back to the kind of the VM force thing, that's kind of from that that's where this period of time started where they've been trying to do a and of course VM Force predates the Heroku acquisition
0: yes yeah um but that's that's and when that, that just kind of it just didn't didn't go anywhere we didn't hear much about it after Dreamforce um well that's when the okay, to me VM Force is when the idea of
2: um you know running applications built on you know what in whatever language you want yeah. You know, uh, running that on the Salesforce—that's when that idea started. Right, but that never, that never happened, never materialized. For uh, mainly because Salesforce bought Heroku. That's, I think, that's what killed the VM, because that was a that was a partnership with uh, VMware. Obviously, that's what that was, and so that so the Heroku acquisition killed that deal. I don't um, see why the Heroku
0: deal would have or well, because they're competitors. It.
2: I don't know. Yeah.
0: Gameware and Heroku are competitors. But even even today, Heroku doesn't serve that need, that idea. It, it doesn't meet that idea. No,
2: but there are, there are since then, and continuing to this day, there are ongoing efforts to t- more tightly integrate Salesforce and Heroku. The problem is, is there, it's just, it's still a culture clash. And we talked about, I mean, I think I can remember you and I talking about this is before the, we started even podcasting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that uh, you know the well, why was why Salesforce even buying Heroku? Is it is it just for developer cred? That was I mean I think that was yeah that was one of my theories. Um yeah. it could have also just been a diversification play to get some you know like a legitimate platform as a service in in their offering. Um, but they're still very. It's clear that they're very different cultures, and they're you know to me it seems like Heroku still operates as a separate company. And there's there's just I mean there's just I think there's there's a lot of pushback against. You know, merging with Salesforce and and creating and you know these tighter integrations that some of us want to see, but a lot of apparently a lot of people don't want to see that happen. Yeah, they don't want to. I think there's a lot of concern from even from customers that they don't want what they've been getting her from Heroku, what they love about Heroku. They don't want that to get watered down or, or overly you know c- you know corporate, right. or they don't want it to be Salesforceified. You know, yeah,
0: and. It's- but I mean, when we talk about them being brought in or close, you know, close, more closely tied, I mean, we're talking about not having to spend an extra license for that technology to be able to use that in all the orgs that we have. I mean, because, I mean, otherwise we have Apex and we have Lightning, we have those things. Yeah. Um, so it's not like we can't take Heroku and build apps on it and integrate it really well with Salesforce and, and embed that technology and that UI into Salesforce and make it available on mobile. We can do all that. Well, there's 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 but more there's, friction still than there, what I that want. There's that friction. Right? There's that friction, and there's also you know, hey hey hey, Mr. Client, um, I need you to buy this other license to be able to do this stuff. Right. You know, because it's, it's much better for me or much easier for me or in the long run, it'll pay off. You know, it's, it's, it's that tough conversation of, I know you got sold on Salesforce and everything it can do, but we also want you to do this as well. Right. Cause do the Salesforce AEs,
2: do they, do they know how to sell an entire Salesforce and Heroku solution? Yeah. I don't know. I don't, know. I, don't I don't really think so. Right. Yeah. Because with a typical Salesforce customer you talk to, you know, they're, they under, they they got sold Salesforce. They understand the Salesforce licensing model. It's, you know, a certain amount of money per, per user. And then you've got this Heroku model, which is not licensed per user at all. It's completely...
0: Well, it's- not only that, I mean, even with here at Dreamforce, I mean, it's very declarative heavy. You know, the, I think the, in, uh, the, the dev zone is is big. I mean, it, it's huge. Um, so I don't want to say they're downplaying developers, but a lot of times in the demos and things like that, and the things like Process Builder, you know, they really downplay... The development aspect, because because they want to cater to the declarative side, they want you to see how much you can do with the platform out of the box, um, and so I'm not so sure that development or the ability to develop these custom solutions is a selling point as much as it is. This is what the platform can do for you out of the box: declarative tools.
2: It's almost like Salesforce is on this mission to prove that
0: you you don't need. You don't I don't. Need- I don't think it's a mission. I think it's a it's a good selling tactic. I mean, what company wants to go out and buy a tool that they have to code? You know, they're not buying Salesforce because they want to code it. You know, they're, they're buying it because they mm-hmm. want to, they want to mm-hmm. empower their sales teams with, with this great CRM tool or there's their, um, support team to have all the, you know, all those tools. And there's the marketing, all that kind of stuff. That's why they're buying Salesforce, not mm-hmm. because they want to go in and tinker or hack. I mean, there's, you know? I
2: think it depends on the company. I mean, sometimes companies buy Salesforce because it is so customizable and they can build Stuff that does clearly require development.
0: Yeah, but know, I mean, stuff. The, I put that in the top ten percent, maybe, of yeah. customers. But that's, I mean, that's, that's the
2: area that you and I both work in. Yeah. So it tells totally you. I mean, in the grand
0: scheme of things, the ten percent is is pretty small. It might be a really big and loud group, right? But I mean, I, that, that's not the vo- that's not the majority. It and it and it does seem like that
2: Salesforce is speaking to that majority a lo- nowadays. Yeah. A lot. That's what everything's focused on. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, another thought I've had is just from walking around. To, so this is my first Dreamforce. You've been a few times. But it's just, it's too many people. It is. It's too many people in this small of an area. You can't get anywhere. You can't eat anything. You can't get anything to drink. Yeah. Everything shuts down. People, people you know, they I just
0: want to say, can, can we Can we somehow petition that, that that does not happen so close to the venue? That you can't take this this local spot right here next to the event and just shut it down
2: no you can't because that's that's people just entering into that's people I, I know, willingly free entering. country yeah, I mean, exactly.
0: the, the business can do whatever they want right. but it it sucks I mean we leave the conference we just want to have a quick drink or, or, grab, so, or grab a snack because we haven't eaten all day or what we did he just didn't agree <laughs> with us and uh, and you can't you end up having to, to go further and further out into the city um, to find something
2: yeah um, That that's actually not even my complaint though because I'd That's, that always happens. My complaint is that the city of San Francisco does not have the infrastructure to support a conference with 150,000 people.
0: Hence the boat. Uh,
2: There are literally not enough rooms in the entire city for this conference. Um, There's not not enough transportation. Airbnb is on the
0: rise. Uber's on the rise with surge pricing. We've got, we've got the boat to supplement. I mean, hotel rooms
2: are $1,000 a night. Yeah. If, if you can find one. You know, there's been there's been push to move this to Vegas, and I I really and I and I totally get why Mark Benioff doesn't want to move it to Vegas because the identity of Dreamforce and Salesforce is all wrapped around San Francisco, and Mark Benioff loves San Francisco. I don't know if he was, I don't know where he was born or whatever, but obviously this is his adopted city. You Mm -hmm. know, he's very invested in it, in emotionally and financially and everything else. I I get it, right? Yeah. and he's he's already said publicly that he has no plans of ever moving this, but it would work so much better in Vegas.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean the other the other side of things is they end up increasing prices and you know, we less people get to come, restricting passes. And I'm mean, I'm sure they have a certain I don't think that rest- I don't
2: think that would I don't think Mark Burnett wants that either. You know. But at some point he's going to have to make a decision. Like this cannot. And in fact, if you look at the numbers, it the the growth of Dreamforce attendance has has. Tapered off. It just can't get it. Uh, it's it's
0: getting saturated. Not that yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know,
2: we've yeah. hit we've hit peak Dreamforce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've hit peak San Francisco, I think. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, because I mean, like Salesforce is—they're only a five billion dollar company. What happens when they hit ten billion? This is not going to work. Yeah, it's barely working right now. It's so painful for the attendees here.
0: Yeah, and when we were talking about this before, offered up well, maybe they could split it. You know admin conference or developer conference. but been, or,
2: Then my response was Mark Benioff is not going to accept that either. He wants, he wants Dreamforce to be the biggest software conference in the world. And he's not going to accept splitting it. Yeah. And not, I don't blame him. I think it's kind of cool that you can have it all happen at once. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I think though, the hap, even if it was in Vegas, you still have the challenges of like, there are so many sessions It is it boggles the mind to try to, and, and you get carpal tunnel just from scrolling through, Yeah, The the list of 2,200 sessions and trying to, trying, how do you narrow down, (laughs) John, you're not Mr. Miyagi.
0: (laughs) The thing was bugging me.
2: (laughs) Sorry, bug. Trying to catch it. Yeah. I mean, how do you, how do you pick, you know, for the four sessions you're going to go to today out of 2,200 sessions? Um, It's
0: just, it's, it's odd, but what's kind of worked for me today is I did have some, some sessions planned out. Um, but as I was sitting there and I had free time and I was like, I think I can make another session. I'm going to try and see what's out there. Um, I was able to walk into a, to a bunch of them, especially the, the ones that are kind of open, you know, the audit, the campfire stuff and all those yeah. kind of stuff. I mean, that was really easy to just kind of walk up and, and, and start listening. Uh, that, that was kind of working for me. We'll see if that continues to work tomorrow. Cause it, it was, it was comfortable. It was a comfortable pace.
2: So I had I went to I don't know maybe four or five sessions today and um, they were I um, never except for one they were all kind of a bust I mean they were um, it's it's I've learned that it's hard to and you've been telling me this like you people can tell you but you how you really have to learn for yourself it's yeah. like, no matter how many times someone tells you you've got to learn in this for yourself um, that the sessions are I don't I mean they just. It's, it's very hard to tell from the descriptions what, at what level they're going to, to be at. Um, yeah. and, uh, but there's one I went to, that which was the, it was all about um, kind of Salesforce. It was, a, it was a kind of in the, in the it was in a kind of an ethereal or kind of in the, I don't want to say in the clouds because I don't mean that. Uh, it's a, it's a, a very open, open conversation about the future of intelligence in, in kind of in the Salesforce space. Mm-hmm. But it actually had, the talk ended up having nothing to do with Salesforce. But it was their. Um, I don't have any of the names here, unfortunately. But it was the um, Salesforce. I think senior VP of strategic planning. This guy, he's a, he's a future. He's like a futurist, I guess. Mm-hmm. He's written several books about it. Um, I think he's a, like a PhD or something. I don't know. But then the um, Salesforce CTO of search and data science, um, and it, and then um, the CTO and co-founder of Relate IQ. But uh, it's just you know it's cool because it, you know you're listening like these three very smart guys yeah. um, talk about uh, machine learning and AI and um, the related IQ that the the kind of practical takeaway from that is what they focused on was not necessarily not really like AI because AI is um, you know artificial intelligence it's 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 mach- it's computers um, you know making sense out of things without us having to tell them what they are right. Right. Um, whereas what they focus on, Related IQ was it was not replacing human intelligence, it was augmenting human intelligence. So it was, it was, it was recognizing that um, we, at this point, with the technology and the science, we're not AI is not going to be as good. It's not going to be able to sell a deal better than a human can. Right. But we certainly can augment. We can help that human sell their deals better. And and you know we can help them know what their next step is, and because it, it's it's reading your email, it's like looking at your calendar and all kinds of stuff, and just um, trying to get all these signals and trying to and trying to help you do your job better. Um, so that was interesting. Just aug- augmenting versus replacing with artificial intelligence,
0: replacing yeah. human intelligence with artificial intelligence. Yeah, and I I think that's a I think that's great. That's valuable. That's that's well within my ideology as well in terms of how technology should be leveraged that it should be an augmentation of, of our abilities or our skills and things to help improve and enrich you know our lives or our skill set i'm not really a fan of, of just kind of building out these ais that that kind of let it run off on automation i mean this is still very much this is a crm this is still a people business yep. i mean and i just
2: well there i mean their their consensus was that um this augmentation, and well, and the, the, just the idea of you know the singularity and when machines take over—that's actually that is—we're so far away from that. Um Aww. well, when <laughs> you Definitely think of to be a robot. Well, and and yeah, you know, the idea of actually a truly autonomous driving car is even decades away. Um, but what we do have now is aug- augmentation. So you know, your car can tell you when you're starting to drift lanes. It can. Mm-hmm. Um, it can warn you when you're about to, you know, hit something, or yeah, there's all kinds of things it can do to augment, you know, intelligence. I guess, but you know, replacing human intelligence. And he, uh, um, one of the guys, made the point that we, it's actually much easier for us to create a bidirectional computer to human brain interconnect than it is to rec- replace intelligence. So, augmentation is just going to—it's ha- going to be a reality, um, you know, far before artificial intelligence will ever will ever match that. Right. So, basically, they're just saying it's not something to worry about. That is not going to happen. That, you know, Skynet is not going to happen. <laughs> um, I was also thinking about like you know what Dreamforce last year. Um, what were the big? Do you remember one of the big things? The first thing I thought of was like I don't know why. Will I am right? Yeah. Wasn't that last year?
0: Uh, he's been here every year. I'm sure he'll be here this year. No, again. I don't think so. I think so. You think
2: so? I
1: think he so. He has
0: been here multiple years, right? Yeah. But last year he had this watch. Yeah, yeah, the wearables. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't know if it's. I, I know it's not doing that well, but I don't know if it's still around. I don't know if it's if it's still being developed. But wearables is tough. I mean, it's it's such a crowded market. In, in terms of you know, activity tracking and things like that, there's so many companies out there doing it. You have companies like Fitbit and, and those, and, and now the Apple Watch. And
2: well, yeah, you've got well Google and Apple battling that out, and yeah. I mean, oh, well, Android's got there. That's Google. That's what. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know anything about his Lime's well, watch, but yeah, it. Did, uh, I, don't think it yeah, I don't think it did pretty well. Um, also Dreamforce last year um, and I've been <laughs> I've brought this up recently because I'm like what the hell is this last year at Dreamforce Mark Benioff announced the customer success platform yeah I I've been, I don't know if I still have that up but I, I pulled it up and I'm like, what you know, I don't have it up what is that it was announced as a new thing I I always took it as a rebranding of, of the oh, so I went to the I went to the link the link from Dreamforce last year is still there. It goes to Salesforce's website. Uh-huh. And it's just, um, it even says, and I don't even know if you can get to this. This is probably not even actually a link from their website anymore. You have to have like a direct link to it. But it says customer success platform. Mm-hmm. But then it just lists all their current clouds under it. Stupid bug. So I think the customer success platform, I think that name, again, I think that's been branded out of existence.
0: I always thought it was
2: just branding to
0: begin with. But, I mean, I, but at I that know, point, they were trying to consolidate people, a lot of the the. Cloud. These journalists
2: write articles as as talking about the customer success platform as it's this new thing that Salesforce has built, and and, and people it, go it, around it, thinking that it's some new thing they have to learn about. It, it
0: does get confusing. I mean, we, we well, we we didn't really touch on this too much today, but I mean, App Cloud, we've been talking about that for a while now. I mean. It's just a rebranding of existing technologies it and it's just, no, and, a, but that's, that's been everything. Everything's been, been kind of just rebranded and blue, you know, grouped into these new clouds. I guess. I mean, I, you know, I've been, I've been. I, I don't know if it's a good or bad thing. It's just, it, it just feels like every year we're trying something new. And so it's getting harder and harder to tell what is what, like, and, and then they'll, they'll blur the lines on us. Like, you know, we have wave analytics and then now lightning's here. And now we're talking about, Sales cloud wave analytics and, you know, support. Or, yeah. Support analytic cloud or whatever it is. Um, and, and then, and then you'll hear the presentation, you'll see like, Oh, and you'll have your wave like dashboards. I'm like, well, is it really wave? Is it just the charts? Is it just the presentation? Um, so the lines are getting blurred and it, it's just this constantly moving target. So, and the reason it's an issue is because it, for us, it's, it's hard for us to describe to our clients
2: what it is. Or 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 break the news to them that it's it's actually the same thing they've been using. It's just a new name. Right. Right. Yeah. Because um, it's it's actually that's a hard
0: argument to make because it sounds it seems very clear that this this is a new thing. Yeah. Um, I think more than anything, it's it's the philosophy of the day using using the existing tool set. I I just
2: think I don't know. I think it's a lot of it's a lot of spin and PR to create the illusion that there's more that there's innovation happening at a faster pace than what it actually is.
0: Well, I mean, more than that, I mean, they they do have all these different pieces of software, um, some through acquisitions, some that that are homegrown but are kind of existing in in a silo because of the way they want to release it and things like that. It's just not, you know, big bang, it's all sales or whatever. I mean, so, but think about it. In the past two or three years, it's gone from the
2: Forest.com platform to the customer success platform to the Salesforce One platform. Now it's it's AppCloud. It's basically all the same thing.
0: Yeah. But I mean that in each one of those iterations, something new gets added into it and it kind of expands its scope. (laughs) And so it's, it's not like you can take a marketing term and go, I guess you could, but I don't think it works. I mean, like you remember cloud 2.0, I don't think versioning your clouds works. So I think what they do, you know, you're not going to say cloud two, cloud three, cloud four. What was cloud two? I don't even remember. It was a thing. It was a thing. (laughs) Um, So I don't, I don't, versioning, versioning your cloud, I I don't think sends enough, a clear enough message. So I think I'm starting to talk myself into a reason why we have so many marketing changeovers because they, it's not like it's the exact same thing. There's components that are the same, but they've also added, rolled in new technologies or new applications into it.
2: But you know, the journalists love this though, the analysts and the journalists, because we all love it. We got something to talk about. And they love it because they get paid by the word. A lot of them. (laughs) And it's just a lot more to write about. You could write about it as if it's a new thing. Yeah, they and we reg- never do an acronym on a cloud, now, do they? <laughs> and you and you, re, and you regurgitate, reformat the press release, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, there's you know, submit it to your editor. Oh wait, there are no editors.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, and Salesforce One was new last. Oh no, sorry, um, Lightning. Lightning was new. Salesforce One Lightning is what they called it. Was new last year, and also Wave was announced at Dreamforce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And they're both, I think, you know, for for the, for a year, they both both progressed at about the rate that you'd expect. I mean, they were both very early. Um, yeah. Especially wave. Wave was really.
0: It was, but it was, I mean, amazing. and it's it, wave is still a baby. <laughs> it is still very much a baby, but um. And they're trying to. It's figure getting out. there. It is. And I, I think I went up to the third floor and uh, hung around, watched some of the things, interacted with some of the things, and uh, it's getting there. I can see it starting to evolve, starting to take shape. And from a product strategy perspective, like they're figuring out um, how to
2: make this work um, from just a, I think, selling, pricing, you know, getting it integrated into products. You know, part of part of the they're probably going to officially announce that it's going to be much cheaper and there's all kinds of ways you can get it. And they're just going to start sprinkling bits of wave all over everything you know, wave all the things, right? Which it's, it's, it's not a bad
0: strategy. No, it's it's a great I mean, tool set yeah. and I'm happy to see it everywhere. The, the thing is, is, you know, they've, they've spent a
2: lot of money on wave and if they're not going to be able to get the, the, the license, fees they originally thought they were going to get, then it, then that from a, just a um, financial perspective, a question becomes, well, are they going to be able to convert that into, are they going to get a return on that, on the investment they put into wave?
0: Yeah. Well, I, I don't even know if it's that anymore. I mean, I won't get into too much of it because I want to talk about this tomorrow. But um, the the new debug tools and some of their philosophy around how they're rolling it out and why they actually are charging for it has a lot to do with um, their inability. Well, has a lot to do with controlling, you know, who's using it. You know, the amount of resources that it's taking. So we'll say that for tomorrow. But yeah, they're they're trying. Well, I'm I'm just saying that if, if that's a if that's a valid strategy that they employ, that could very well be Wave. You know, they, they really didn't want to hammer it too hard with everyone just yet. And to do and, and, and in order to do that, they just made it really cost prohibitive for a lot of people to get into.
2: Yeah.
0: But now now that it's out, now they've worked with it some more. Now they can sprinkle it everywhere and and it should perform well.
2: And also, this is man. Remember when they um, what was it? Advanced Analytics or Analytics 2.0 but that they, they announced and they there was a pretty substantial fee to use it. Nothing, nothing compared to way, but. It was an additional charge, and mm-hmm. within about what, maybe thirty days at the most, they yeah. basically backpedaled and announced that they would just be giving it away with, you know, no, no additional charge. Right. Um, but that 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 would be unfortunate if the same thing happens with Wave. Yeah, because I'm sure they put a lot more money into Wave than they did into Analytics two or whatever it was.
0: Yeah, uh, Analytics the messaging is still cloudy on that one even today at the true to the core whenever they came to the reports and dashboard section they still referred to it as analytics so it's hard to tell yeah it's hard to tell yeah all right anything else no no it's been a long day
2: it has all right well we'll uh continue tomorrow with a recording very early who do we have tomorrow Christy? Uh, christy guzman yeah okay, cool Well, I find out what she's been up to and try to wrap her heads around the, all this girly girly
0: stuff, <laughs> girly geeks, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> into that I say good day, sir, actually good night, sir. Yeah. <laughs>